Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Welcome to Lovey Las Vegas for Coast to Coast Hoops with myself, Greg Hoops Spears, and now a part of the Beeson Family Podcast, and we do have a tremendous podcast for you. As in segment number two, we are going to be joined by Sean Paul. He does amazing work over at the Field of 68. We're going to be asking him what the Jalen Ganey injury to Florida State means for them moving forward, a team that I had number three in my projector or finish in the ACC. I'm rather bullish on them. He was a two-time Ivy League Defensive Player of the Year, and our good friend... Sean is one of the best at being able to gauge mid-majors, so we're going to be chatting with him about that for the Almanac, which is a tremendous publication put together by the Field of 68. He checks CBB along with our good friends over at the Three Man Weave. He did the Ohio Valley Conference, so we're going to be taking a look at a few of those teams as well, where you might be able to find a little bit of money in terms of that conference, and well... Just how sad in general it is to take a look at that conference. As if you listened to my Ohio Valley Conference preview podcast I did a little bit over a month ago, yeah, it is a conference that has experienced a little bit of a fall off, but there are going to be some bright spots within the conference. We're going to be touching upon those, and then we're going to be taking a look at some of the mid-major teams that could be able to rise up this season, including a few from the Missouri Valley Conference. So we're going to have that chat with our good friend Sean in segment number two. Going to be keeping it to a two-segment podcast. Really didn't see any news and notes in terms of college basketball. And that's something else I'm going to talk to Sean about. What do we make out of these practices? Is there any real takeaways in general that we have from this and what we're going to be seeing within the next few weeks with these and I air quotes here not so secret secret scrimmages so that is going to be a topic of discussion today with Sean as well and if you have a question comment segment idea what have you for this podcast you do have one of two ways we offer those in first one is my twitter timeline at unit underscore 81 keep in mind letters here maybe it does not matter so as per usual please do send those into the timeline and the other way it is fine an apple podcast review if you rate this podcast five stars it is very much appreciated from there you're able to fire whatever you'd like to on this podcast via that five-star review. Still have conference previews to do as we've got six in total, so those are going to be coming your way soon. I plan on doing the American within the next 48 hours, so be on the lookout for that and be on the lookout in the next segment coming up on the other side with a great chat with Sean Paul here on Coast Coast Heaps with myself, Greg Spears, and now a part of the Houston Family Podcast. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, they're like, you know, you know, watch Creighton, 
night fight, and I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shane and the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not gonna, the not the Big East tournament. They're, well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That cool. Like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team? Creighton's like the band. They all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> And then they're never at any of those. And then they're never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? See the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. This show slash podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp. And over at BetterHelp, they're helping you try to be able to ease up on your life a little bit more because I'm sure that you, much like myself, wish you had a little bit more time on your hands, whether that be to pursue a hobby. I myself could use a little bit of sleep as I've been handicapping about like 300 games a week and you're not able to get a lot of sleep when you're working that much. So hopefully you appreciate it on this podcast. But that said, Therapy can be exactly what you need to be able to get a little bit more time on your hands to pursue exactly what you love. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It is entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched up with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time at no additional charge. Learn what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Coast today. That's C-O-A-S-T to be able to get 10% off through your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Coast. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my game. That's my game, <laughs> 
witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying cows are bust. You can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my day. day. <laughs> <laughs> Las Vegas for Ghost Cousins with myself, Greg Pierce, and now part of the Beeson family of podcasts. It is always a pleasure to be joined by this guest as Sean Paul. He does a great job over there at the field of 68, taking a look at the great game of college basketball. I know that he did some work for the Almanac. I know one of the conferences they previewed was the OVC, the Ohio Valley Conference, which I salute you on that one because that is a very difficult conference preview this season with all the movement that we saw there. I know that you did a few others as well, but I know you're doing a great job on that front. The Field of 68 newsletter is something that I know that you contribute to along with Mountain West Wire. And to be able to follow Sean Paul on Twitter, easy enough, at Sean Paul CBB altogether, that is S-E-A-N on Sean, and it is always a pleasure to have you aboard, my friend. Thank you. Yeah, always fun to join, Greg. Thanks for having me again. It is great to have you aboard, and I know that with regards to your conference previews, one of the conferences that you did not do was the ACC, but I know that you're very much in tune with mid-major college basketball, so I want to get your thoughts on this with Jalen Ganey, the two-time Ivy League Defensive Player of the Year who went over to Florida State. He's going to be out for the year for Florida State, and he wasn't a guy that I was thinking was going to be scoring like double figures or anything like that for Florida State. He didn't even really score a ton while he was at Brown, more of a nine and a half point per game score. But I do think that this is a little bit of a loss for a Florida State team that we remember last season. They had all sorts of guys banged up, which if that is a little bit of a blessing in disguise, it does mean that they are prepared for injuries like this. They've got a lot of guys with experience. But I do think that that's a little bit of a deal for a Florida State team that I think has a relatively good shot at being that number three team in the ACC. Yeah, I mean, I think Florida State will still be pretty good, but obviously it's a blow for their depth and overall play down low, especially on the defensive end. But you still have some size. You have Naheem McLeod. 
do seven foot four. He didn't do a whole lot last year, but he's a big dude, so he's going to be able to fill some minutes down there. And then you have Cameron Fletcher who's coming over from Kentucky, and then you have a few other uh, a few other pieces that are kind of unproven as freshmen. So we'll see what happens there. But I think overall, a big thing of what Florida State does is they have so much depth every season that really got hit last year with all the injuries to Caleb Mills and Anthony Polite, Malik Osborne. I feel like everybody was hurt at one point last year for Florida State. And I don't think that'll happen this season, but you look at a guy like Baba Miller, who maybe could be an NBA player, maybe he's a one-and-done kind of guy. I think they'll play probably a little bit smaller down low this season, at least weight-wise with Baba Miller. Maybe he plays the five a bit because he's 6'11", around 205 pounds. So I think he's the kind of guy that could be a big X factor for them down low. Maybe they stretch the floor a little more, don't attack the glass as much on the offensive end. But I think they'll be fine. I still think they're a top 25 caliber team, but... Their margin for error in terms of having more injuries, I guess, is definitely a lot smaller. I do agree with you. I do think that with Florida State, they were very fortunate in the fact that they do have quite a bit of depth, but at the same time, now you already have some of that depth tested here in October, and you don't want to be having guys get rolled up for the year in October. You feel for the kid, and you feel for Florida State in general as you want to see these guys be able to settle it on the court. But fortunately for Florida State, they're a team that is sort of built to be able to handle that sort of a loss. And we are certainly going to be seeing more and more of this when it comes to this time of year because teams are getting set for the upcoming season. Practices have been going on really more full bore practices because obviously you have off-season workouts, you have these foreign trips, things of this nature, but things are really getting heated up here over the last, I would say, week or two. So things are really getting lathered up when it comes to college basketball season. That means that you're on top of things when it comes to taking a look at all these teams in terms of college basketball, getting set for the upcoming season. And Sean, when it comes to the Almanac, that was a little bit of something that you guys over at the Field of 68, along with the three-man weave and he checks CBB, ended up doing, and you guys did an amazing job with it, by the way. I know you took a few conferences for it, including the Ohio Valley Conference, and I mean, when it comes to the Ohio Valley Conference, I think that we're both in agreement. We're probably not going to be seeing any team come out and win a few games in the NCAA tournament (laughs) when it comes to this conference, and I hear you laughing because, boy, when you lose Belmont and Murray State from this conference, it is relatively bare bones, but when you took a look at this conference, what were some of your takeaways? Because with having a few new D1 teams in there, Lindenwood comes in and Southern Indiana, I think that these are teams that, from my perspective, a betting view, these two teams could come in and have immediate success just because all the remaining teams out there in the OVC, let's call it what it is, not great. Yeah, I mean, Lindenwood can really shoot the basketball. If you're a Division I uh, mid-major Hoops fan, you're probably familiar with Chris Childs, who's coming over from Bryant. He's just a knockdown shooter. You have Brandon Trimble, who was really good last year for Lindenwood, a guy who can shoot the ball from three. Uh, Kevin Caldwell, who's been a reliable point guard over there. And they bring a couple of other uh, D1 transfers like Cameron Burrell from Eastern Illinois over. And then Southern Indiana, though, that's a team I do like quite a bit. You know, maybe they finish right in the mix of the top five, but probably more like six, seven range in the OVC. But they're going to be a tough team to beat, I feel like, at times because they have a big man, Jacob Polakovich, who's really good. He's an average double-double probably this season. They bring in some D1 talent like Trevor Lakes from Nebraska. He played for Stan Garode at University of Indy. And now he's the head coach at Southern Indiana and Trevor Lakes goes and joins him at Southern Indiana. So I think that's pretty interesting there. I think Southern Indiana should be pretty solid this season, but the OVC in general is quite interesting. You look at UT Martin, you look at SIUE, they're both pretty talented teams. I mean, SIUE has Rayshon Taylor coming off an injury. I think he's one of the best mid-major guards in the country. Let's see how he looks because this is his second ACL, Terry had one in high school too. Dewan Pruitt, who is one of the better breakout players in the conference. 
And then you have UT Martin, who returns Parker Stewart after a stint at Indiana. He comes back. He was the first team all-conference guy when he was at UT Martin before. And K.J. Simon, I think he's probably the best two-way player in the conference. The way he's able to defend and the way he's able to score the ball inside for the Skyhawks. I think he should be a really good player this season. I think UT Martin and SIUE should have some really fun battles in the conference this year. It won't be Belmont and Murray State level, but I think it'll be pretty fun. No, it will not be that level, but I do agree with you. I do think that it's going to be solid. And this is something that typically we bring up in things like the NFL, where you always have a team that goes from worst to first in their division. As you're me on the podcast, we do have Sean Paul. He does a great job over at the field of 68. And typically you don't find it too much in college basketball just because of college basketball. You don't really have a lot of those teams. I don't know if we're going to have any team that goes from absolute dead last that goes up to number one because with UT Martin, a team that you were alluding to a little bit earlier, they weren't absolute dead last in the OVC. They were a bottom three team, but they weren't absolute dead last. But if you're looking at a bottom three, bottom four team in their conference from last season with a chance to be able to win the conference this year, I look at them. One that I'm starting to fall in love with a little bit more is Bethune-Cookman with bringing in Zion Harmon. But once again, that goes back to a little bit of the OVC as well, level of competition in general just isn't necessarily that great. And when it comes to trying to go from worst to first in college basketball, I think that that's just a big product of it, not necessarily how much talent you have, but the lack of talent around you. Because I take a look at those two teams, and those are really my two candidates to go from being in the bottom three, bottom four of their conference and be able to rise up just because the teams around them that they're going to be playing, the difference isn't necessarily too big, and they're not going to be facing off against a murderous row schedule when it comes to conference play. I mean, you do bring up a really good point there. You wouldn't even look at all at contenders, UT Martin and SIUE and SEMO and all the other teams in the mix in the OVC as even remote contenders last year with the kind of talent that Murray State, even Moorhead State, who's still in the conference, they just don't have much of that team from last year, and Belmont had. But you look at a similar conference in a way I think that the NEC is kind of similar because you do have Bryant who's no longer there you have Wagner who lost a lot of their roster with Alex Morales being everything for that team being a multi-time conference player of the year winner he's gone they do have some talent uh, coming back they did add a Ramir Moore from St. Joe's I think he should be pretty solid but then you have like Mary Mack who should and maybe is the conference preseason team to win the league. I think they're going to be really good again on the defensive end. You get Jordan Minor back, you get Ziggy Reed, you get Jordan McCoy. I think that's a really good foundation they have going on there. Obviously, Coach Gallo can really coach the defensive end. They're not going to be the most aesthetically pleasing team to watch because of the offensive play, but they're going to be able to stifle some teams on the defensive end over there in, in the Northeast. Yeah, the NEC, that is one of the biggest crapshoot conferences out there as well. I'm not going to lie to you. That was one that I had a little bit of a tough time coming up with a projected order of finish in myself. And then when it comes to a lot of these little bit majors, it does get very interesting. And when it comes to just all of your evaluations, because we did touch upon a team that the more that I look at them, the more that I like them, Bethune-Cookman, a bunch that I think out of conference, they could actually give some teams a little bit of a run for their money because they've got good guard play. Are there any teams that you feel similarly about that the more that you just dive into them, maybe you had them as a little bit of an afterthought coming in during the offseason, but as you dive into them more, you just feel better and better about them in general? We've already mentioned them, and they're in a different conference now, but I think Murray State is better than people think because they just lost so much. You do get DJ Burns back, who was such a good glue guy for them defensively. 
But they have a really good freshman class coming in. Uh, they have Justin Morgan, who was really good at the at the high school level. Braxton Stacker, who was good. Those guys were committed previously and then kept their commitment. But I just love what Steve Prom was able to do in the offseason. And first off, he's a guy that's done it before here. He's won here before. Pretty much everybody wins at Murray State, but Steve Prom did a great job there. He brings in two guys from the Division II level, like Quincy Anderson and Jamari Smith who's a cousin of Jabari Smith, who's now in the Houston Rockets. He's going to be a really good Division One player. Then you have Jacoby Wood, who a lot of people thought could be that next Belmont star. Didn't really pan out that way last season, but I still think there's a lot of talent there. Then you have Rob Perry, who was awesome at Stetson. You have Kenny White, who was really good for Tennessee Tech, is a stretch forward kind of option. And uh, Brian Moore, who I really liked at the Juco level, he's super athletic, great at getting to the free throw line. He's not able to shoot the ball at a consistent level yet, but he's going to be able to score the ball at the Division One level without a doubt. So I think this is a team that has some depth. It's going to take them a little bit to figure each other out probably because there's just so many new faces. But they have some length, they have some athleticism, and they have some guys that can really score the basketball. So I think Murray State's going to be in the upper three or four in the Missouri Valley, and I think they're very underrated at this point. I do think so as well. When it comes to Missouri Valley in general, I do think that this is going to be one of the more fascinating conferences to look at in all of college basketball. It's joining me on the podcast. We do have Sean Paul, who does amazing work over at the field of 68, because when it comes to the Missouri Valley Conference, no doubt you lose your big bomber team in Loyal Chicago, but I would argue that bringing in Murray State and Beaumont makes it just so competitive in general, because Drake... They've really been able to rise up. I would argue it was a little bit of a disappointing season for them. I think Ducker DeVries, if he can find a way to be a little bit more efficient, because I felt like even though he was the team's top scorer last season, he did sort of halt that mojo that they had going during the 2020-21 season. That's going to be beneficial for them because DeVries has all sorts of talent, but you can tell that sometimes his usage just wasn't necessarily the most efficient in the world. They bring in UIC as well, but I think that we're both in agreement. UIC, especially with losing Debaria Franklin in the non-conference portion of the season, that's going to be rough for them, but I'm not sure about you, but I also do like Indiana State as well, a team that they pretty much brought in that coaching staff of Lincoln Memorial. They bring in all sorts of guys that were just tearing it up at the D2 level. They bring in a lot of sharp shooters. And with the MVC in general, this is traditionally a league in which it plays very, very slow. It hangs its head on defense. And Indiana State, with all those guys coming in from Lincoln Memorial, I think that they might look to break that mold this season because they tried to for a point last season, but injuries coupled with some COVID just guys out in general because they were down to six guys at one point last season. That really halted that. I think that they're going to try to get back to it. Yeah, I agree. And uh, just mention one more team that I think is kind of underrated at this point in, in the mid-major conversation is Winthrop. They're obviously usually pretty consistent. Pat Kelsey and I go into Mark Prosser. They were pretty solid last year, of course. They got to the conference title game got destroyed by Longwood. I think Longwood's still the favorite. I think UNC Asheville is right there. But let's not forget about what Winthrop was able to do this offseason. Firstly, your turn, Corey Hightower, who might be the conference player of the year in the conference this year. But they added three guards from the portal that I just really love at this level. You have Case and Harrison coming over from Lamar. He was briefly committed to Louisiana Tech last year when he entered the portal, but ended up going back to Lamar. You have Isaiah Wilson coming over from Richmond, who's going to be a really solid player at this level. And then Howard Fleming, who's really athletic, a wing that can shoot it a little bit, but he's athletic, and he's just so disruptive on the defensive end. I think Winthrop's going to be a bit of a surprising team this season. I do think that Winthrop is going to be as well because we did see 
High Point do a solid job of retaining Zach Austin. I think that they're going to be solid. Longwood, they lose their top scorer, but they return a lot of their other pieces from last season and the Big South in general. They lack a little bit of size, and Gardner-Webb is one of those teams that they're able to do a solid job on defense. So I do think that it is going to be a really interesting conference in general. So there is a lot to take a look at there. And then when it comes to just gauging college basketball this time of year, I do think that it is very important with regards to research to just keep notes of everything like that. But what are some of the things that you're going to be just looking at in terms of the next few weeks? Because these anti-air quotes here, not so secret, secret scrimmages, those are going to be starting up in, I would say, more like three to four weeks. We're still a little bit of a ways off from that. But we're seeing more reports from practices. And typically coaches are not going to be like, oh, this guy is completely terrible. We're planning to use him not at all this season. Oh, my team stinks. We're going to go 0-30. You're not going to be hearing any of that. It's going to be a lot of, oh, I love my guys. The team chemistry is great and everything like that. But is there anything that we can take away these next few weeks as practices are raging on that might actually have some implications for the upcoming season? Yeah, I mean, pretty much everybody's an NCAA tournament team at this point in the year, right? I guess we'll see what happens. But definitely one thing I'm curious to see is some of these scrimmages that are secret and not secret. Seeing the starting lineup, sometimes you see a guy that starts and you're like, he's starting and plays 25 minutes in the scrimmage and plays well, and then he really develops into being a starter the whole season. It always intrigues me because there's always a couple of those guys every year that randomly start in one of the scrimmages, and then that was the plan all along because they were so good in the offseason or whatnot. That's something I'm interested in seeing. Yep, I do think that that is always fascinating as well. You don't want to be taking a look at, oh, Guy X went two of nine from the floor. All of a sudden, we've got to cast him to the wolves. He's just absolutely no good whatsoever, anything like that. But you know who is very, very good, and you know who's getting set for the upcoming college basketball season in tremendous fashion. That would be you, Sean. You do amazing work over there at the field of 68. Your college basketball coverage is absolutely top-notch, and I always do appreciate it when you join this podcast. So let the good people at home know how they're able to follow you on social media, everything they've got going on in general, and just what you all covered in terms of the Almanac as well, because I brought up the OVC, but I know that you did a couple other conferences as well. Yeah, so what I did is uh, I did the OVC, and then I did the top 25 mid-major players and then top 25 mid-major teams. So a lot of mid-major stuff for me, which is what I love talking about because I think it's really underrated. I mean, there's there's Cinderella teams every year, and they're usually always mid-major teams that go and the world ends up loving, and that's kind of what I like to look out for, who's going to be that kind of team. And it's always fun to watch because there's a lot of teams that have that kind of potential that don't end up making the tournament. But that's always something that I enjoy taking a look at there. But you can go ahead and follow me at Sean Paul CBB. Everything that I do, you can find on there. Sean, that's amazing. We're taking a look at the great game that we love of college basketball. And it is always a pleasure to be able to get him aboard as I know that he's hard at work getting set for the upcoming college basketball season, which is now 32 days away. Big thanks to Sean for joining me right here on Coast Coast Hoops, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. And if you ever do have a question, comment, segment idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we have for those in. First one is my Twitter timeline, at unit underscore one. Keep in mind, letters ZM, maybe it does not matter. So as per usual, please do send these into the timeline. Other ways, find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. And then from there, you're able to fire whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast. Find that five-star review. I'll be coming at you guys every single day on this podcast during the offseason. News and notes of college basketball, long conference previews, the American conference preview. That is going to be coming your way within, at the very latest, the next 72 hours, most likely the next 48 hours. So be on the lookout for that. And I will be coming at you guys once again tomorrow. And then once we get in season, fix and analysis on every single game, every single day. So I appreciate you guys tuning in today. And I'll catch you once again tomorrow. Thank you.